With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What went wrong for Miguel Vargas last year with the Dodgers and what does his future look like in LA? And what is the plan for aging star prospect Michael Bush? who still does not have a spot at the big league level. Today, I talk prospects with my friend Casey Porter, and we're talking all about Miggy, we're talking about Bush, we're talking about Diego Cartaya, and more on another edition of the All Dodgers Podcast. First, my name is Clint Pasillas. You can find me as Real FRG on the social media platforms, including this YouTube channel. If you happen to be watching it, I really hope you are. If you can't watch it, uh, we I have podcast versions of all of my my content. It's going to go up on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Probably not going to expand beyond that. Just I like those three platforms, so we'll leave it there. But if you are watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, hit the subscribe button. It really goes a long way in helping out the channel. Before we get into the conversation with Casey, a quick note, Casey and I actually recorded this conversation uh, last week, or I should say before the Teoscar Hernandez signing, so there are some things that might sound a little outdated, which I guess they technically are, but overall the conversation is great. The conversation is far from outdated when we're talking about prospects and we're talking about other things to do with the team and uh, what we can expect from some of these guys and their potential for bounce back uh, in 2024. So, blah, blah, blah. Without further ado, here is that conversation welcome to the show casey porter for the folks that don't know casey he has a great channel here on the youtube if you are watching make sure you guys uh, do check that out give uh, throw a subscription that way uh his way like all the videos all those things really help us out um awesome dodgers talk all year round and Casey, you're somebody that's been around. You've been involved in baseball some way, shape, or form basically all of your life. So I think it's safe to say you know a thing or two about the game and, and what we see happening on the field. Yeah, no doubt. We certainly love baseball and was super excited. Became a fan in 1988 when Kirk Gibson hobbled up to home plate and and hit the home run in the, in the World Series. And, and being from Oklahoma, that was kind of the first time that, of course, the Dodgers and Yankees were always on and Vin was always – him and Joe Garagioli were always the commentators. So I, I I really loved Vin Scully before I loved the Dodgers. And then listened to him quite a bit. And then whenever Kirk Gibson hit the home run, <laughs> I was absolutely hooked. And then when in 2015, when the Dodgers announced that they were coming to Oklahoma, both with their double-A and triple-A, it was like a dream come true. And ever since then, it's been Dodger blue for everybody here and super excited about it. 
Yeah, man. And, and you know, like I like telling people, you are one of the go-to destinations when it comes to Dodgers prospects. They're right there in your backyard or in your front yard. Well, I don't know the exact proximity, but you are the guy that, that uh, you know these people. You do get a chance to interview a lot of players. That's why, again, I do recommend uh, folks follow Dodgers Daily here on the YouTube and and um, obviously you're not you don't just talk baseball here you have a, a career in, in baseball you've done broadcasting you've done uh, you coach teams uh, you're late to our interview coaching ba- base, uh, basketball tonight he's a busy <laughs> yeah. man so I appreciate the time um, let's jump into it but I do appreciate you hanging out with me on uh, on the day that we're recording this I'm not going to put a timestamp on it though so people have no <laughs> idea when it's going on uh, the Dodgers much like you have been busy this offseason they brought in Shohei Otani Yoshinobu Yamamoto, uh, you got the blockbuster deal to bring in Glasnow and Manuel Margot. They bring back Joe Kelly. They bring back Jason Hayward. Uh, so for the most part, as we sit here a few weeks before spring training, the roster seems pretty dang set. Uh, you know, really good, but it does have some holes, some cracks, some openings, and importantly, some opportunities for the younger guys to step up and capitalize. And that's where I really wanted to pick your brain and tap into uh, your wealth of knowledge about this team. And in particular, these prospects, again, a lot of these guys, you know, personally, or have seen up close and personal at Tulsa, at Oklahoma city, one of the biggest names we see thrown all around the internet, Michael Bush. Yeah. First, tell us a bit, uh, tell fans here a bit about Bush and, and his profile as a batter and as a defender. First of all, if you go back to spring training and then the beginning of his season last year, as wonderful as it was, I like the WRC plus number because it puts all the variable. You know, people say, well, the PCL, everybody hits home runs. Well, the WRC plus takes all that into account and then puts an average how you are against everybody else in that league. He had 150 WRC plus, which meant he was 50% better than every other hitter in the PCL. And the thing about him that I have been screaming since day one about him is you got to give him consistent at bats. If you just give him a couple here or a couple there, let me give you a, for instance, he didn't hit his first home run this last year in the triple a level till the 12th game. So if you would have just said, Hey, you saw three or four games of Michael Bush, the guy can't hit home run. If you just kind of take small sample sizes, you really don't get the appreciation of exactly what he is. I can tell you that from personal experience. When I first went and saw him, At Tulsa, he had just moved to second base from first base. And actually, one of my friends, Tom Holliday, was his Cape Cod coach. Randy Whistler also went to Oklahoma State. They were actually the two guys that moved him to second base in the summer in the Cape Cod League. We'll get into that. A little bit more of that here in a minute. But Michael Bush, the first four or five games I saw him, I was like, huh, okay. Yeah, well, I guess. And then the like game six through 15 is like, oh, there oh, is. I see it now. So kind of if you go back to spring training, I know a lot. I kept telling Dodgers fans, they were saying, well, he's not hitting. He's not. So guys, just let him get seven or eight, 10 games under his belt. Then all of a sudden he saw in spring training the last four or five games after he got comfortable, he was hitting the cover off the ball. So the role that he had last year literally was probably as far as the major league level was the worst role that he could have possibly been given for the type of player he is because it was pop in here, pop in there, and never have any kind of consistency. And I can tell you, Clint, I see it all the time. They would never admit it, but when you're on that up-down train between Oklahoma City and and Los Angeles, you never know where your feet are going to be. You never know what your role is going to be. 
And by the way, Michael Bush was moved to third base. He was originally a first baseman, originally a shortstop in high school, then moved to second base, played some left field. You're trying to do all that and also break into major league level with zero consistency. Yeah. Well, no wonder he didn't produce as well as he. I mean, there, I don't mean to make excuses for the young man, but the, I, I, I saw it with Mitchell White. It broke Mitchell White. I'm, I'm sorry. It just did. And, and you know, I saw it with Ryan Pepio that first time he went up mm-hmm. with, with Los Angeles. We saw the biggest difference last year when he got consistency. We saw a huge difference with Michael Grove when he finally got moved to the bullpen and was given consistency. We're going to see it again this year with Gavin Stone. I promise you are now the adjustments that he made. And so he needs a consistent role. We say it all the time. Tim Rogers says this, Dodgers 2080. He's also a wonderful content creator yeah. for the prospects. If you haven't checked out Tim, he is putting out some some just dynamite work right now. For yeah, the prospects. he's on fire. He's on yeah, fire. He is. So check out Dodgers 2080 over there with Tim. Uh, and, and he says all the time, we both do, either play him or trade him. He's 26 yeah. years old. He's closer to 30 than he is 20. At some point, he's going to start losing value. That's going to be this year if he doesn't have major league experience because how much value, do, as good as you are, how much value does a 27-year-old that has no major league experience actually have? Does it yeah, make he, sense? Has, he has nothing else to prove at AAA. He, his time is now at the big league level, and is that going to happen in L.A.? I don't know. Right. I mean, they keep talking about it. I don't know if, once again, I don't think they need another left-handed bat in this lineup. But, you know, you already mentioned it. You know, you've seen uh, Bush at AAA playing some 2B, playing some 1B. Like you mentioned, they moved him to third. Uh, uh, getting a little bit of spot starts here and there in left field. Saw him hose a dude at, at home plate. Could he become at least an average defender, a major league average defender at third base, and where do you think he ends up long-term? I think he ends up probably at third base long-term. And the reason why I say this, Clint, he actually grew up an all-state shortstop in Minnesota. Okay. He only moved to first base because he went to the University of North Carolina. Mike <laughs> Fox there has an elite program. He shows up as a true freshman, and they're watching this dude take batting practice, and they're like, holy smokes, where we got to find a spot for this kid, right? So they just threw him over at first base. He got a first baseman's glove, and it stuck, right? But that's not where he grew up playing. He actually grew up playing shortstop. He was an all-state shortstop in Minnesota. He also was the quarterback on his high school football team, and he was very, very, very good. I have video of him playing quarterback, and he played hockey. So the dude is extremely athletic. His athletic ability is massively underrated. Okay, the arm is whatever, but he's also one of the toughest players you'll ever be around. I know that he's had situations to where he was very hurt, that the most – the average human being would would be whimpering pretty good and never let on with anybody, and nobody actually found out about him being hurt like he was until the season was over. He's one of the toughest human beings. He has that hockey toughness to him, <laughs> that football toughness to him. So I could easily see him ending up at third base, up the middle at second base. Hey, I've got video of him. It's one of those deals to where, like, like Tom Holiday will tell you, the guy who moved him to second base in the Cape Cod, it's not always going to be pretty, but it is going to be tough, and it's just going to get the job done. From what I have seen, he is much more comfortable at third base than he is second base. Mm. Just my opinion, but mm. I have a larger sample size at second base than I do first base. That's not to say I don't think he couldn't be a good defensive 
second baseman at the major league level. Nothing that's going to be flashy or anything like that. Just solid. Make the routine play. Be in your box. That kind of guy. Right. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, I would say I have not seen him anywhere near as much as you have. The question I would have is definitely that arm, especially from across the diamond. Uh, but we we see that now with Max Muncie. He doesn't necessarily always have the strongest arm. He's kind of got to yeah. get into his throws, which is it doesn't profile the best at third base. But right now we're we're kind of in a the sport as a whole is on a downturn when it comes to, you know, just incredible talent at third base. Too many people staying at shortstop yeah. when you expected them to move to third. Um, you know, you mentioned like the the Mitch White and, and uh, you know, we've seen it with other guys, maybe less so a Ross Stripling type because he at least stayed in the big leagues. But the, the up and down guys, you can tell when this organization isn't really gung-ho, isn't all in on the the complete package of a player, even if, you know, Bush should be wearing one of those, uh, the the classic grit shirts they like to wear at Dodger Stadium. In your opinion of watching this Dodgers team for, you know, 35 years, 30 plus, whatever, 35 plus years, how do you think this organization truly views Michael Bush? I think they view him as a guy that they can't figure out where to play him defensively. (laughs) I think they like his offensive tool, but... Every time, okay, so here's the problem, Clint. I mean, I like Michael Bush, too. Nobody likes Michael. Nobody's been singing his praises more than I have. But I love J.D. Martinez. I mean, you can't bitch about getting J.D. Martinez, right? There's your DH. And you're certainly not going to bitch about getting Shohei Otani. Absolutely not. You're not going to bitch about getting Freddie Freeman at first base, correct? And you're not. most people aren't going to complain about the power that Max Muncy is going to bring at third base. So it's not that they're not high on the guy. It's just that this this organization, and then they they thought, hey, Miguel Vargas has always been a hitting machine, right? So, I mean, it, it, move him to second base, make him your everyday second baseman from here on out. So, it's not that they haven't been high on him. It's just that they've had J.D. Martinez, Joey Otani, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, pretty darn good baseball players. Yeah, yeah they keep getting top-level talent, oh. uh, and, and it happens to be everywhere Bush would most likely line up. Yes. Any other team, I mean, you got a – Potentially got a major league all-star if he was an angel or he would just explode spontaneously combust or something. Cause whatever they do down in Anaheim just does not work for, <laughs> for baseball players uh, to, to shift gears a little bit. You mentioned another guy. We got to mention um, Miguel Vargas. You're talking about a guy that really got his shot in 2023 and just about every single way that it could, it did not go right. Maybe you could say, you know, defensively, he came along a lot further than most would have presumed or assumed at second base. But in your opinion, uh, why did Miguel Vargas struggle so much last year? And, and why has the, you know, his big league opportunity, why has he struggled so much uh, at the major league level? I think the hand had a lot to do with it. And, and that, I mean, that, that's here's the deal. OK, so you hurt your hand. So your, your swing changes a little bit. And then the next thing you know, you're off to a bad start. Next thing you know, you're playing with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and a team that that's wanting to win the World Series, and that monkey jumps on you, right? I yeah. think he felt a lot of that. Now you're pressing. Now you're trying to get over an injury. He went around the ball a lot. I mean, I, I broke it down quite a few times in my daily shows of how I felt. You know, just watching him at the minor league level, he was just so good at keeping his hands inside the ball. What he really does really well, Clint, is that he takes that outside pitch and hits it to left center. Then he takes that inside pitch and hits it to right center. So mm-hmm. there's no way really to beat him 
because if you jam him in with two strikes, he just pulls his hands inside and hits the ball to right field, gets a base hit off of you. If you throw him away with two strikes, then he nails one into left center. So he's always been a great two-strike hitter because of that. But last year, you could see the lingering effects of his hand. He wasn't able to get to that inside pitch and inside out that thing to right field like he wanted to. He was able to get extended on some pitches out over the plate and hit him to left center with some of his doubles. But I really think the hand had a lot to do with it. And then by the time that his hand felt okay, I think it's full press mode at that point. It's like, oh, man, this hasn't gone very well. I got to get things going. And then the next thing you know, it just came time where you needed to reset. Actually got a chance to talk to him on the field at AAA Oklahoma City at the Bricktown Ballpark about three days after he got brought back down. Mm-hmm. The spirits were great. He totally understood it. He was as happy-go-lucky, jolly, just kind of, hey, I'm Miguel Vargas. I'm always in a good mood type of dude, right? I mean, it was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed getting to talk to him. And so he came back down. It wasn't quite the same. The average was good. You know, in 2022, I mean, literally every 10 at bats, you were getting three hits. He was a machine that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw the numbers in 22. He was he was insane, and that's where you you thought that's where you can back up the the team's decision to kind of go all in on Vargas that offseason. He was hanging out at Dodger Stadium. He was working mm-hmm. uh, working out at second base. You know, every, and then everything goes awry with that hit by pitch uh, in in um, in batting practice or however exactly like a scrimmage game they had going, and the tailspin from there. And then you say you know he gets back down to AAA after uh, what. It, I think it was in, in July that had to just be a relief to kind of get out of that spotlight and, you know, start getting out of uh, the bad habits. He had sort of built with the swing. You did see him getting long, little loopy, like you mentioned, maybe a little more pull happy than you saw in the videos of him at triple a at Tulsa, that guy that, Hey, this is, this is, this is somebody who you, you have to find a spot to, to play him defensively, but you can mm-hmm. put him in the lineup and he's going to go out there and hit 300 Dodger fans didn't see that in uh, in 2023 and didn't really see it at the big league level and very small sample size in 22 but still just turned 24 in november seems to be building some versatility around the diamond what does the future look like from gil vargas he's best at third base he's most comfortable at third base he is a good third base defensively player so the thing about him is you know two three years ago he wasn't near as good of an athlete as he is right now he was a first baseman and then a little bit of, of third base. and But then his body grew. He, he got a little taller. He got a little leaner. Now, all of a sudden, he's a really, really good athlete. So the Dodgers tried to capitalize on that athletic ability and move him to second base. I'm not necessarily huge on the fact. I can tell you, I've talked to these guys. I don't want to give out names that I've talked to that I've tried to break into a new position at the major league level. It is an insanely hard thing to do especially when you're a rookie. So you're asking a guy to come out and be a rookie and try to learn a new position, basically, uh, you know, at the major league level. I mean, he did play some sec. I didn't see him play a whole lot of second base at Tulsa, maybe eight or nine games. But so basically you're learning a brand new position at the major league level. Then you're dealing with an injury. So I think he's a better third baseman. I think he's very comfortable over there. And I think in the game of baseball, a lot of times that also – affects your offense because if you're not comfortable defensively i think that can also have some carryover and bleed over to the offensive side 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we I think you know, I would not be surprised myself to see him, you know, slot in in left field here and there in spring training. There's a yes. clear need uh, for this team in left field. There's a clear opportunity for a right-handed bat, which – going back really does not bode well for Michael Bush, but they need a little bit more uh, right-handed yeah. swingers in, in the lineup that um, is at least projected at the moment as the time we're recording this, we don't know if there's going to be more deals, more trades, something could very well still happen to reshape the offense uh, uh, or the, the defensive positioning of this uh, roster. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus we are hanging out with casey porter dodgers daily i got a couple more than i'm let you go but Guys, make sure you guys are subscribing to Dodgers Daily. Subscribe to here all Dodgers or Clint at Real FRG on the YouTube to see our second part of our interview we're going to do next week about pitching. This is all about position players today because this man knows a lot, and it's always fun to uh, to to let him riff and and learn. You're going to learn a thing or two. So we'll save pitching for the next one. Uh, if we're talking about the the top shelf, the the top prospects these guys have, uh, the, the Dodgers have, you can't not talk about the glut of catching prospect and ca- catching power uh, that this team has in the upper depths of uh, of the MLB pipeline. Diego Cartaya entered 2023 as one of the up and coming like darlings of the pipeline. Took a felt like a big step backwards in 23 at Double A. Uh, what went wrong? And how concerned are you about him in the long term? Well, first of all, the monkey jumped on his back big time. I, I I will not back down from that. You're talking about a young man from Venezuela who is the most humble human being you will ever meet. I actually sat next to his parents at a couple of games in Tulsa. You could tell just how awesome these people are. They are the sweetest, nicest, most humble human beings. He didn't ask for all this attention, right? Now, hey, it comes with it. You're going to be in the Dodgers organization, be the number one prospect. There's a lot of perks to it, so I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that when you're the number one prospect in the Dodgers organization, which he was this time last year, you're the minor league player of the year in the organization, that's a lot of pressure. So you get off to a bad start. All of a sudden, you're not playing well. Then you start hearing the rumblings. Hey, what's wrong with Diego Cartai? This and that. The next thing you know, it's July and you're hitting a buck 80. That can happen real fast to you at the double-A level because, hey, Tulsa in 2022, their average their average pitch was 94 and a half miles an hour. They're studs. There's dudes in double-A, yeah. and they don't always know where it's going, right? <laughs> so you can find yourself hitting a buck 80 in, in June or July real easy, and now you're like, oh, damn, man, what am I going to do now, right? And then the press starts, okay? So no doubt about it, that happened to him. 
I know Henny, the double-A manager, just told him, hey, just go out and be Diego. Everything will work out. Quit trying to be the Dodgers' best player in the organization. Don't, don't be the top prospect. Don't try yeah. to be the top prospect in baseball. Just go play your game. Correct. He, I can tell you, you can go back to my interview with Henny. That was the message every night for Diego Cartaya. And then also, Henny got cancer, so then he didn't have his manager like for two or three months in the middle of the season. And the monkey jumps on your back now as far as from a physical perspective. Offensively, he was he was he was he had, in my opinion, and I've broken this down a couple of times, he had a little bit too much lift to his his hand path. And what that did is it tilted the barrel quite a bit. And when you do that, you have a you have a plane to your barrel that kind of blocks off that inside pitch to where the only thing you can do to it is either overcompensate and roll over, kind of like a tennis player would getting top spin on a ball, yeah. or you block it off and pop it up to right field or second base. He got into that quite a bit. And so he was getting beat on the inner half of the plate, in my opinion, and and that hurt him for a while. But defensively, the good part about it is, you know, everybody wants the, the everybody likes the offense. This was his best year in the organization defensively, hands down. I know I was there a couple of handfuls of times at four o'clock in Oklahoma in July. It's a hundred degrees every single day. <laughs> There's no escaping it. And he was outside doing early work, throwing the ball from behind home plate in full gear to Yorbit Vivas at second base over and over and over. Then that night, I'd watch him throw out a runner. So he got way better at throwing the ball down. If you talk to anybody, Dave Anderson or anybody who's ever worked with him, Ryan Dinnick or or Derno Linger or pitching coaches, you know, because the catchers are the only position that has crossover. You work with the position players and the pitchers. So he had to be in every meeting. He yeah. had to be in the position player meetings, and and he is the leader of all those. He's the hardest worker in the organization. One, well, he's he works as hard as anybody else does. His pitch framing became a lot better last year. He became just a a wonderful defensive player. His defense completely improved. So he's just a couple of adjustments away. And to show you, Clint, how talented he is, even with the year he had last year, he's still the Dodgers' number three prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. Yeah, yeah. I don't think too many people are, are selling their uh, Diego Cartaya stock just yeah. yet. Um, but still, you, you you would hope to see that big, uh, you know, that next big leap from him after all of the hype. But, you know, it's good to hear what you're saying about that. It does make a lot of sense. Same with Bush, uh, the same with, with Vargas, all of these guys. It's like there was a lot of pressure put on them. And when, you, when you're talking about playing in the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of pressure that is going to be on you. There is a lot of expectation that, that is uh, thrown onto these players' backs very, very early, sometimes too early. You know, I, I wonder if – not even I wonder. I feel uh, we're, we're seeing way too much hype way too early for somebody like Josue DePaula. Let the kid let the kid turn even 19 yet before we you start. don't hear going. it from me for that very reason. Yes, yeah, so before everybody starts going too hype on, on the Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Give him a moment. Also, give this next kid a moment. Hey, you know, there's somebody in the organization that leapfrogged Cartaya. He's also a catcher. We're talking about Dalton rushing behind me. I got a bobblehead from him uh, of him from Rancho. He hasn't made his way up to you just yet. You would assume in 24 he'll be there. Why, in your opinion, should fans be excited about Dalton rushing? Well, first of all, if you just watch him hit the baseball, his power is enormous. That the the scoreboard in at in Midland at for the Great Lakes Loons, the high affiliate of the Dodgers, mm -hmm. is in right center, which was really cool for Dalton because time after time after time, he absolutely just nailed that scoreboard with home runs. And when the ball would hit that scoreboard, 
it would bounce off and it like the the announcers would be like holy smokes did you i mean it was power just, right there yeah huh? man it was <laughs> so his power is absolutely just completely phenomenal but it's not the power necess- it's the whole it's the whole package the the walk rate he walked his walk rate is almost 20% clint so not only does he have power he has an an elite, On elite base, all around amount of discipline at the plate he swings at strikes which that we know clint that's one of the things that shows you that will continue to to relate to major league success. If you swing at the right pitches, you're going to give yourself, you know, you see guys work on their swing all day long, and then they go up and they swing at three balls and they're out. It's like, well, you just wasted all that cage time because you don't know what pitch. That's not Dalton rushing. 18.9 base on ball percentage last year. It, it's been over 16 uh, ever since he's become a professional. And then also his strikeout rate is below 25%. And so when you're talking about era. a guy that hit in this yeah, right that's that's so when you're talking about a guy that walks at almost a 20% clip strikes out less than 25% it's iso is 224 i like to compare strikeout rate to iso if your iso is similar to your strikeout rate that means that you're having a very successful trade off between striking out and having power and his iso and k rates are very similar so even from that perspective before his walk rate it's a very good trade-off. Then when you add in the walk rate to it, it makes it an elite trade-off at that point. That's the biggest part of him. And also, he didn't even he wasn't even the everyday catcher at Louisville until his last year. And not because he wasn't good, but because they had not the not a first round draft pick. They had the very first pick of the 2022 draft, Henry Davis, who was the catcher at Louisville. So he got to catch he got to be mentored by Henry Davis in college. And then he got to catch for one year there. I mean, he caught some before that, but he got to be the everyday catcher for his last year there at Louisville. So you don't have the mileage on the legs, the knees and all that, like a lot of college catchers do. And then he got to the Dodgers and was mentored there too. And so, hey, this guy is a rock star. He's super humble. He's a typical Dodger in the sense that he has a world of confidence, but then is also very humble. Yeah, I like that. I mean, hey, the Dodgers have had success picking catchers out of Louisville. We'll just throw that one out there. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll give you a couple MLB questions before I let you go for this one. What are you most lo- after this? You know, this crazy offseason we've seen so far. What are you most looking forward to uh, with the big league Dodgers in 2024? Yeah, I'm looking to see if the offense can be a little bit more dynamic. And what I mean by that is, I think the off and I said it all from the beginning of last year. As many runs as they were scoring, when you look at the run totals, they're always right there at the top. Yeah. But it's it's always it hey, they're either hitting a, hitting a million home runs and scoring 12 runs one game or striking out the next game and scoring zero. So I'm looking for a more dynamic type offense to where the Dodgers can score four to five to six to seven runs in a period of the season where they're actually not playing good offense because they're a little bit more dynamic. They're base hitting. They're hitting behind runners. They're stealing a few bases, and they're not just relying on home runs. I think, you know, the close games, the Dodgers haven't always been good at them, the one-run games, and then also in the playoffs, and then also the extra inning games. I think that's because they don't situationally hit as well as some other teams in the league. I would like to see the Dodgers be better offensively and more dynamic in the down periods that they're playing offensively next year. I honestly, I could not agree more with that. That's what was some complaints we had here and there on, on blue heaven last year. It's like, maybe save some for the next day. We'll say just to kind of throw a full blanket over that one. 
Is this team done making moves, or do you think they got another big move or two up their sleeve before the start of spring training? We've hit on a couple of them. Michael Bush, where are you going to play him, right? Okay, and then you have Nick Frosso, River Ryan, Ben Kasparius, Gavin Stone, Michael Grove, uh, Landon Knack. You know, you have all of these guys. They're, do the math, okay? Yeah. These minor leaguers are told every day, Clint, every single day, you are auditioning every time you take the field for all 30 clubs, not just the Dodgers Major League Club. Do the math, okay? There's nine positions on the field, and there's like 780 total studs in this Dodgers organization, right? Okay, so you're playing. Most of you guys are playing to get traded, right? So they know this type of deal. So the Dodgers have, just do the math, they have more studs than they have positions available. The last thing I want is Nick Frosso, Landon Knack, Gavin Stone, Kyle Hurt, and all of these just River Ryan, just electric young right-handed pitchers to be stuck as back and forth depth. They're too yeah. good to do that. They need a they all need a major league role, whether that's with the Dodgers or not, because they're all getting up in age. And if you can't find a consistent role for them, you are not maximizing their value. The way you maximize their value at that point is you trade them for a left fielder somebody who's going to make your offensive more dynamic, and then they go get to have their major league role. The Dodgers get the left fielder that makes their offense more dynamic, brings them closer to winning a World Series, and it's a win-win for everybody. There's your pitch, guys. You heard it here. Probably not first. I'm sure you've said it uh, along the way uh, daily at Dodgers Daily. Casey, great stuff. I'm I'm hyped up, and I, I really uh, – Oh, well, I already liked a lot of those dudes we talked about in the minor leagues, but I'm I'm also really rooting for them to get opportunities somewhere because we don't want to see Landon Knack at being 29 at, at uh, Oklahoma City in a couple of years. Figure it out this year. Send him somewhere. Let him be free, uh, Dodgers. We're looking at you. You know these these people. You're, you're costing people uh, money and futures in this in this business. But Casey, I appreciate the time. I appreciate part one. We'll say of our prospect series. I really want to talk pitching with you. Uh, one of the guys. I really wanted to tease in a title for this video was Kyle Hurt, but uh, I know everybody loves Kyle Hurt, but Stud. we're going to save Hurt, we're going to save Knack, we're going to save Frasso and all those guys for the next time we talk. Before I let you go, give the people one last message. Let them know where to find you. Yeah, uh, my Dodgers Daily, and, and we have basically every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a live show, and then we release some prospect videos. In between, a lot of interviews with the guys. I think the last interview I did was with Ben Kasparius. I'm getting ready to do an interview with T.Y. Taylor Young, who, by the way, stole 56 bases last year with the Great Lakes Loon. So super excited about that. Again, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and also YouTube. That is at Dodgers Daily. So I want to thank you so much for having me on, Clint. Looking forward to our next round. Yeah, this is fun. Appreciate you again. Thank you again to Casey for joining the channel. We already said it a few times there, but I encourage you to go follow Dodgers Daily here on YouTube. I do have that in my featured channel section uh, on my uh, my homepage, I guess is what you would call it on YouTube. So do check that out along with Tim Rogers, who we mentioned, Dodgers 2080, friend of mine. We will be seeing him uh, again here shortly on the channel but this is the part where i ask you guys i want to know drop in the comments below what are your thoughts about miguel vargas uh, do you give him a pass 
uh, because of that injury he suffered in spring training last year? Do you think he's going to be a big-time role player in 2024? And what do you think the team should do with Michael Bush if he's another left-handed batter and they don't necessarily have a spot for him at the moment? Uh, my name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on all the social media things. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel. Please give this video a thumbs up. All the comments, all those things really help out the algorithm. And uh, I will see you on the next one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.